Okay, so this is Robin, and we are at the studio. I am at the studio with Regina Adams and her two foster dogs. We just finished a photo shoot, and if all goes well, this will be a podcast on my blog, and just below it, you will see the gorgeous photos of her gorgeous foster dogs. And I thought it would be fun to have a little chat about fostering. And so, Regina, hi. Hi, Robin. <laughs> We've never met before, right? No, never. Never, <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> okay. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do for a living? What are your days like? Okay. Well, that's a somewhat long, <laughs> long story. I'll try to make it a little shorter. Um, I am originally from Northeast Texas, and I am 39 years old. I moved to Houston in 1999 for law school and decided to stay. Um, I love this place with all of my heart, uh, warts and all. So I, uh, I practice law at a small law firm uh, near downtown. And I uh, also have a tendency to uh, rescue a dog here or there um, along the way. My days are quite full. I... Um, I actually don't know how I have time to do what I do as far as <laughs> fostering and rescuing dogs, but I somehow manage. Um, my, my, since I have a lot of meetings at night with clients, um, I tend to be out a lot in the evenings, um, but I still try to find time not only for the animals, but also for as much of a social life as I can handle um, with primarily going to see concerts and dinner with friends. So you have two dogs of your, of your own. I do. Kermit, who is a pity chow chihuahua mix. He's an interesting fella. And then Lottie, who is a primarily Australian cattle dog mix. Um, Kermit's four and Lottie's two. And then I also have Grace, the kitty cat. Grace, the kitty cat. I'm sorry. I... I um... Shouldn't have left Grace out. No, we never leave Grace out. I know she, Grace. She runs the roost. Yes. So the two foster dogs we have here today, how did you find them and uh, what made you decide to foster? And maybe you can just sort of explain what fostering is. Okay. Well, to start with what fostering is to me, because I think it's something different for everybody, um, fostering for me is trying to get a dog in the best shape possible, um, both uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally, um, in order to find it uh, a good permanent home uh, with an adopter. And whatever means uh, you have to do that is, is what you have to do, to in my opinion, to appropriately foster a dog. Um, Miller came to me he uh, because I was at a tree planting event for a nonprofit that I'm on the, the board of directors of uh, up in uh, North Harris County in the Aldine area. Um, he was wandering around the park and people were kind of ignoring him and I couldn't ignore him so I I picked him up and, and got him to the vet immediately and, and uh, he had Demodex mange which is not contagious, but uh, he needed to be nursed back to health. That was back in April. And then Nina came to me because I was driving down the street on my way home, literally two blocks from my house, and I saw her almost get run over by a car at dusk. And so I uh, picked her up. That was a bit of a challenge, but I, did, I picked her up and brought her home and decided I needed to 
get her taken care of. So, were you worried how your your dogs would be with the fosters in the house? I I try really hard to introduce them appropriately. Um, for instance, Miller, the first couple of days after I had him, he stayed in boarding at the vet's office. Um, just to allow me enough time to kind of get the dogs prepared and um, to get the house prepared to, to take him in. Plus, it was over the weekend, and it just made sense to do that, especially with his condition. And then with Nina, um, I, I didn't do that. I didn't have the time to do that. But I, I know my dogs well enough to know that um, they really like other animals, and they don't care what the animal is. They really like them. And so with a proper introduction, it works out perfectly. It does. So what advice would you give to introduce new dogs? Um, that's probably another long it is. answer. <laughs> it, well, well it, it helps a lot to have somebody else there. I don't always have that luxury to have somebody else there to help with that introduction. So in, in both of these circumstances, I, I did it by myself. And it's best to always introduce them individually and outside, not on the territory of your existing animals. Um, it, at least that's the way it works for me. I had to do it you know, in my backyard, on my back patio, and I start with Kermit, who thinks he's the alpha, and um, let him in introduce to them slowly, him on leash, them not on leash, um, because these are pretty calm dogs. Um, that was easy to do. I prefer to, to do it both on leash, but that's impossible with one person. So then Kermit <clears throat> goes back in the house and then Lottie comes back out or Lottie comes out and Lottie gets introduced as well. Her introduction is a little bit longer than Kermit's just because, um, she's a very high energy girl and so she kind of freaks the, the foster dogs out a little bit at first, but eventually she calms down and gets along with everybody. And then after, um, after that's said and done, then I do an introduction of all three of them at the same time just to see how well they'll get along um, outside. And then we slowly start coming inside together. And I let the foster dog kind of get used to the house, look around the house, see what's going on in the house, and... Uh, that's it. The cat introduction is a little bit more tricky in most <laughs> circumstances, but but uh, fortunately Miller specifically took to the cat immediately. So uh, so you found easy. these dogs pretty close together. Yeah, Miller in May. I'm sorry, no Miller in April and uh, Nina in June. Hmm. It was not something I had anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're a one foster home. I am. I try to be, I try you to set. a rule. Yeah, I did. I did t totally break a rule. Um, I try really, really hard to only have one foster in the house at a time. Uh, whether it be a kitty cat foster or a puppy dog foster, they're, they're, I, I know what my limitations are. Um, I have to set up those boundaries for myself in order to keep a little bit of balance. Um, not everybody has to do that and not everybody does that. But that's what I know my limitations are. I think the exception to this uh, with, with Nina uh, was that Nina is a small enough dog. She only weighs 18 pounds, and, and I'm used to dogs that weigh, you know, 50-plus pounds. Um, it, was, it was a little bit of an easier transition uh, to have a fourth dog in the house with, uh, with her. Had it been a larger dog, it would have presented probably more of a challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, I need to get some pictures, or I need, I need to grab them from your Facebook page of Miller when you first got him, because he has, he has come so far. I was 
so excited to see him today with all this hair. Yes, he is. He is my big furball. Yeah. He's actually sitting on Regina's lap right now. I don't know if you can hear him panting, but he's being a good boy. It's yes. not, it's not me panting. He's being a good boy. No? Okay. Um, now, you, do you have to pay for all this stuff yourself? Well, um, yes and no. It depends. I, I Primarily, I, I, I independently foster, which means I, I typically don't affiliate with a specific rescue group. Um, I do work with a lot of my rescue friends um, to to kind of uh, network the dogs as much as I can, but but um, I have a tendency to to prefer to independently foster. With that said, um, you know my last foster before these two um, was through a rescue rescue group. I actually fostered for them um, with him. He was an older fella and he was really sweet and very laid back. And so I, I, I took him in, um, to foster. And then, uh, but, and then also Nina is, is, has been affiliated now with Peace Love Dogs Rescue. And Miller is also going to be on their pet finder page. Cause I think they fell in love with him a little bit whenever he boarded at their facility. Yeah, I think slightly. Because he's a good boy. Yep. So would you recommend fostering through uh, an established rescue group first to kind of learn the ropes before you're picking up strays on the street and, you know, doing it all yourself? Um, I, it's, it's hard to say. Um, I mean, I grew, up, it's, it, I grew up in a household where all of our animals, with the exception of one, were strays. Um, so I grew up basically fostering, essentially adopting all of these dogs uh, and cats. Um, so it, it's hard for me to say that just because it's what I've always known. But uh, if it's if you're new to it and it's something that you're interested in, I absolutely think it is a good idea to foster through a rescue group just to kind of, um, you know, get your hands dirty a little bit and, and see if you like it, see what you think. It, if, if there comes a time where you find a dog and you think you want to independently um, rescue it and, and foster it, then, then you're good to go. You at least have the basis uh, to work with. And, and also there's rescue groups, you know, all different breeds or, or mixed breeds or whatever you want. So that's definitely, um, you just kind of go contact I guess a rescue group to it's been so long since I <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I I think that's what you do I mean certainly if there's a certain breed of dog that you love um then you then you need to uh, and that you're familiar with and comfortable with because you know their their characteristics well then you know I encourage you to see about fostering through through a, a breed specific group um however uh if you're used to mixed breed dogs or or dogs that may have, you know, some, some what, some perceived flaws, uh, then, then perhaps even a, a, a mixed breed rescue would be the way to go for you. Um, it just, it just depends on what you're comfortable with. And, and, and that's not to say that you can't foster for several different groups. I, I mean, I've, I have fostered and will continue to foster for, for various rescue groups. Mm -hmm. Um, I transport for some groups, but I don't foster for those groups. It just depends on the circumstances and what, what you're comfortable with. And you take you took Miller's uh, 
fostering to another level because you got him tested. You got him breed tested. What do you call that? Uh, uh, DNA tested. DNA tested. Yeah, <laughs> the, the DNA. She's making fun of. She's making fun of me. You can't see, but she is. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I did. Well, I, I like to do that as much as I can. I, I've done it with my own dogs just because I had no idea what in the world they were. Um, I think it's important to be able to really look at the health of the dog and know what they're predisposed to, depending upon what breeds they are. Um, and I found that the Wisdom Panel uh, DNA test is, 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 a, is a very good basis. In fact, especially with Miller, I can completely see exactly what, 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 what they were, were talking res- about. What well, were the results? So Miller is <laughs> Miller is a Staffordshire Terrier slash American Husky slash Chow slash some companion breed small companion breed mix. Um, he is probably going to max out at thirty pounds, full of pretty uh, cream colored and white fur, and very fluffy, but has very distinctive husky markings and uh and a very distinctive husky nose and husky eyes he is so gentle and so loving and i said to you uh i mean right now he's kissing the mouth of nina yes yeah i think he would do really really well with kids he's just a great size and he's just so loving he's met kids he loves kids he um he's not been around babies but he has been around a three-year-old and an eight-year-old and immediately just was ecstatic yeah. to see them. So, yeah. No, he's very That's gentle. That's a great match. And so tell us a little bit more about, about Nina's personality. When, I, you know, when you first got her, uh-huh. I happened to know because you texted me, and <laughs> she was really shy and really uh, not sure about anything. She was nervous, but I think that, that I, you know, she's definitely some sort of small terrier breed mix. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with, with her breed. Um, you know, Lottie can be a little overwhelming. And I think that that was why it was two females in the house. She was unspayed at the time. Um, she was coming out of heat. So I think Lottie kind of knew that and was probably making her a little bit more nervous than she might have been. Just because Lottie was constantly, like, looking over her, which is what she does. You know, she herds everybody and everything. So um, she was a little nervous at first, but I let her kind of come out of her shell at her own pace. And that's what I do with any dog. Um, I've had some, some, you know, road-worn uh, fosters in my house that, that have been on the streets for years and years and years who um, were the same way. You know, just not really sure of what this life is like in a house and what do I do and how do I behave? And I just kind of let them figure it out on their own. And I've found actually that other dogs are the best teachers. Um, letting them figure it out amongst themselves and letting them figure out where they fall in the pack. Um, you know, they're, they're, there's always going to be the occasional kind of little, you know, mini turf war. But as long as you're on top of it and as long as you're aware and present whenever that happens and giving them their own space, then then you work through it really easily. And it, it didn't take her long to come out of her shell, um, especially now Now that she's, you know, she's been with me for almost a month, and she's playing with toys, and she's playing with the other dogs, and she and Lottie actually have a really great playful relationship, and, and you know, Miller's in love with her, so literally in love with her. I'm getting kisses. So <laughs> Not I mean, for me. No, God, no. <clears throat> 
you, I mean, you just gave them both a second chance. I mean, they were lost dogs. Yes. And I do want to say, uh, before we, I, I didn't just like pick up dogs and just say, okay, well, these are, these are mine right. and I'm going to take care of them and, and I'm going to find them new homes. I, I did diligently search and try to find where their homes may have been. Um, I think that that's an important first step. And, um, although Miller looked like hell for lack of a better word, it's possible he had been lost for a really long time and he had loving owners. I mean, it's anything is possible. So you check um, for microchips check for first, microchips. right away. Yeah. yeah. Immediately check for microchips. Um, I, neither of them were wearing, um, collars or tags. So that was impossible. So I immediately kind of went to Facebook after the microchip check and, um, certainly posted it on all the various, um, local lost and found sites. I called, um, several clinics that were in the area of where they were found. And I contacted the various shelters to see if anybody was looking for dogs that might've looked like this. Um, and, and I never got a hit. Uh, and I posted signs for, uh, Nina since she was in the area. I looked for signs and talked to various police officers actually where, wow. where, uh, Miller was found. Nobody had seen any missing signs for him or anything like that. So, um, you know, after a while, it was pretty clear that they were either both dumped or, or escaped whatever living situation they were in. You were really resourceful with, uh, with both of these deals. I remember the day you got Miller, you didn't have a leash in your car. You were out doing this tree planting business. And so what did you use to, to, uh, get him into your car? (laughs) Well, um, it was, it was an interesting day. Um, I, I actually, while he was, he was hanging out in the park and before I, started my efforts to really try to get him. I was talking to some of the um, park maintenance guys, and I was also talking to some of the police officers that happened to be there that day. And so I asked, you know, them what the situation was with that dog, how long he had, had he been there. Um, they said he had been there for a couple of days and that the county animal shelter had been called, um, but they hadn't been out yet to pick him up. And so as soon as I heard that, I knew it was just a matter of time before the county would pick him up. And in the condition he was in, it was unlikely that he would be pulled by a rescue at the shelter and that after the three-day hold was up or whatever the hold is at the county shelter, he would probably be put down because of his condition. So um, I then that was when I decided, okay, I've got to get him. Now, fortunately, I happened to have some dog food in the car and some little plastic bowls. I, I did have those, but I wasn't expecting to come home with the dog. Um, and so, um, I didn't have a leash with me and he was a little skittish, you know, at first, obviously, but, um, I got him to trust me, got him some water, got him the food, um, and started talking to one of the cops and asked him, look, do you have a rope? Do you have any, anything that I could use to get him safely to the car? Cause I don't want to carry him because I'm afraid he'll jump out of my arms. Um, he went and dug around in, in the trunk of his squad car for like 10 minutes trying to find something and found a a luggage strap that I just turned into a makeshift leash and walked him over to the car with no problems. Perfect. Yep. Whatever works. It's right. It was perfect. All right. I have two more questions. Okay. What has Miller taught you? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, sweet Miller. Um, Miller has taught me um, that I can, in fact, work through some pretty severe medical conditions. And while it's not, you know, sarcopic mange, which is the most terrible of, of the mange conditions. But still treatable. But still treatable, yes. It is still treatable, but there's that whole quarantine thing that you have to do yeah. that I just don't have room for. Um, that, you know, I can work through some pretty significant medical issues with a puppy dog. And, um, you know, that, that may be new to me, um, ones that I maybe haven't had to deal with in the past. But, um, but he's taught me... Uh, to be to be goofy and silly. While Kermit's taught me that to some extent, Miller is Miller is way goofier and sillier than Kermit. Um, he's he's just he's just so sweet. He's just taught me to be sweeter. That's all. Aww, I like that. Miller, you know we talk about you. Yes, yes. he knows. And what has Nina taught you so far? It hasn't been that long. It but hasn't been that she's long. She's made quite an impact, I think. She has. Um, Nina is my little burrower. She she's taught me to um, to lay still is what she's taught me to do because she feels like she needs to be on me uh, with great regularity. Oh, and so uh, in order for her to achieve that, um, I have to be still. And so is that like a zen in the moment? It thing? is. It is. Okay. And there's just a lot of comfort there for both of us. I think whenever she's just nestled um between me and the couch and she wants me to just be really still wow so and i i, I need to remind myself to be still on occasion <laughs> i love that um i just want to thank you for coming in and for sharing all that with us well you're welcome thank, <laughs> thank you for having me robin <laughs> <laughs> if you could see my little makeshift studio here uh, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>